the word pain doesn't always have to mean something negative. Yeah. So good. we're driven, that's driven into our minds once from the time we're little, teeny tiny. Pain is bad. Well, sometimes pain is actually telling us something and right. it can be used to your benefit. I always try to think and encourage my, my students to think of how do we turn a negative or something that has that negative connotation into something you can use. So maybe the pain is a reminder you need to change positions. Maybe it's a, it's a, hey, let's try a different hypnosis skill. Maybe it's just like, hey, let's accept that's what I'm feeling, but it doesn't mean something is, is wrong. This is Pros Talk Pregnancy, the no BS show that's not afraid to get real about all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. I'm talking with visionaries and game changers who are challenging the status quo and changing the world one pregnancy and one birth at a time. I'm Lindsay McCoy, mom of four, lover of the mountains, seeker of knowledge, exercise physiologist, birth doula, and childbirth educator. Basically, I'm an all-around pregnancy and birth nerd. My passion is making pregnancy, childbirth, and recovery better and empowering professionals and families alike. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today, I am joined by the amazing Erin Sturtz-Follett, who is the longest tenured hypnobirthing instructor in the state of Minnesota. Amazing. She has owned and operated Flutterby Birth Services since 2012 which is actually when I started doing. So we got into this and teaching hypno. So we got into this around the same time. In addition to teaching hypnobirthing, Erin is a certified consulting hypnotist, certified Lamaze educator, birth doula, infant sleep educator, lactation educator, and placenta encapsulator. So you have many hats. She currently serves on the board of the Minnesota Childbirth Collective. Her passion is helping expectant people to uncover their own inner strength and resources through education and support. Welcome, Erin. Thank you, thank you. It is so fun to have you here. So <laughs> it sounds like we both like got into the birth world around the same time. We did, and I kind of remember now that you say that, you definitely were one of the first people I saw around some of the local events, and yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I remember, I think we maybe met at a childbirth collective meeting. Very likely. Probably back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, at that time was teaching hypno babies. So we were mm-hmm. both in the hypno space and I know I'm no longer doing that. And you have continued on, you've like carried the torch. So <laughs> yes. to speak. Yeah. I've been really, um, really lucky in that way. And, um, yeah, I just think it's great that the twin cities has several people who teach a hypnosis for childbirth class because oh. the more, the better, um, Absolutely. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, so how, so tell me, how did you get into the work that you do now? I always love hearing people's origin stories, so to speak, or I heard, a, I was watching a movie other, the other day and he goes, tell me your tale. <laughs> so tell me your, your tale, Aaron. I will. I mean, it's not unlike a lot of folks, I think, who get into birth work where there's some kind of inner inspiration that comes from something within you. And then some things that are you know, outside of you that helped motivate you. And I kind of had both too. Um, it was after the birth of my first and before the birth of my second, where I was actually able to experience some of the Twin Cities birth community, because at the time my sister had 
um, some ties with ICANN. Uh, she was on the board of ICANN of the Twin Cities years Let's and years ago. Say what that is. ICANN. Oh yeah, International Cesarean Awareness Network. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're awesome. So I knew of kind of the birthy scene through her, and also during my second pregnancy, I just realized that I didn't want to do birth the same way I did the first time. Yeah. Um, so we hired a doula and we took a private childbirth ed class and we prepared in a much different way than with my first. Um, so just going through all those decisions myself made me really realize how important, uh, you know, informed consent and decision-making is. Um, and then in terms of being inspired from like outside of my own experience, uh, my sister, and she's, we, I've talked about this publicly many times, but she was a part of ICANN because her first birth was an unplanned cesarean that was quite um, traumatic. I think she would define it that way. Yeah. So I also knew that I didn't want that. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to say that without sounding like all cesareans no. are bad. No, but it's I, not all cesareans being bad, but right. if you have trauma and something that was mm -hmm. unplanned for you. Yeah. So she really, she helped kind of light that flame. And then after it was, um, after my second was born and during that same year, my mother also passed away. So I was kind of on this like precipice between life and death. And I was like, you know, I'm, interested in birth work now I'm going to go for it I have nothing left to lose life is short yeah. and um that was it so uh, yeah since 2012 it's been it's been what I do it's like the third or fourth career I've ever had um and it's the best one obviously okay but. I have to know because I know I've known you for many years I have to know your previous careers oh sure yeah I, I have a I have a degree in journalism with an advertising concentration. And so I worked in advertising oh, for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those like corporate folks who changed completely <laughs> to very like socially type work. Um, yeah. So I worked in advertising for a few years and then I became very burned out very quickly. Yeah. Um, and so I moved into working with um, different organizations to help folks look for employment. So as a, I was an employment counselor. Oh, and a that's super yeah. cool. So I worked with folks from all backgrounds and that was just really, really hard, but really rewarding work. Sure. And then I um, stopped working outside of the home when my second was born. Uh, realized I couldn't do that. I'm not good at that. And so, and I was like, I'll just start my own business instead. Um, so that's kind yeah, of, yeah, I'm sure little did, you know, like mm -hmm. we always think like, oh, this would be so easy. And then you're like, right. oh, there's a lot to running your own company. Totally. Yeah. But it's so much, it's fun. It's amazing. It is. I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's get into the hypnosis stuff. So sure. first of all, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Yeah. And I think people hear about hypnosis and they think of stage hypnosis. They think of mm. like the senior party in high school where <laughs> someone came and convinced you to quack like a duck. Right. So what is hypnosis really? Well, I mean, so here's the thing, all hypnosis, as I'm sure, you know, Lindsay, after teaching for years too, oh, that's is, all good. you tell us all. Yeah. It's self hypnosis. So what that means is that yes, other people can help guide you into hypnosis. You can listen to audio recordings that help you go and stay into hypnosis or in hypnosis. However, you have to be 
willing and open to accepting that. So nobody can force you. Nobody can make you. You are open to the suggestions that you're getting through those, those hypnotic experiences. Now the stage hypnotist, like you just mentioned, and yeah. I tell all my classes about the same thing. Technically, I mean, that, that is hypnosis, but what's going on there is that the folks are accepting again, they're going along with what that hypnotist is asking them to do. So that's, um, it's not that that's not quote unquote real hypnosis. It's just for, it's for entertainment, right? So you're right. People think of that, or they think of like the swinging watch or, you know, the mind control. They think it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people are worried about losing control. Yeah. Where the opposite or, actually is true with hypnosis, yeah. you actually gain control. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So yeah, let's, let's go on that. So I, I mean, I feel like people are worried, you know, they're going to go in hypnosis and then these suggestions and oh, I was just watching a movie and I can't think of what it was. Maybe a show. I was watching something where it was like two um, psychologist. And one of them was like a hypnotherapist and he was like her (laughs) ex-husband and he convinced her, obviously this is a show, but he Mm -hmm. put her under hypnosis and gave her all these suggestions that were not, thankfully she had like recorded it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like the movie get out that was out a couple of years ago, they used hypnosis for very awful things. So I think it makes people worried. It does. So we have all these like messages out there in our, in our world that say, that's what hypnosis is. So there is this real misconception. And I always tell, again, I tell my students or anybody else who asks, what is it or how do I know if I can be hypnotized? I also are always say, well, have you ever fallen asleep at night or have you ever woken up in the morning? Because when you do those two things, you go down through four different levels of, of hypnosis or yeah, up through four yeah. different levels. Or have you ever, you know, driven from point A to point B, it's somewhere you go all the time, but you can't really remember your, your drive there. That's, that's hypnosis, um, watching a TV show or reading a book and losing track of time. Those are all different levels of hypnosis. And the good news is that you really only need to be in like a light to medium state of hypnosis to kind of take in all of the suggestions that you're, that you're looking for from that session. So it's a lot easier or it's really a lot more natural I think than people think because of those misconceptions you were just mentioning yeah so basically it's taking a state that we're already in for Mm -hmm. for parts of the day and using it for our benefit right so I and I remember you know I would always joke I I always joke that I'm very good at hypnosis because if I was let's say there's like a car trip that I always take (laughs) and then for whatever reason I'm now no longer taking that route. I'm like, there's a new route or a new place that I go at that time. How many times, like nine times out of 10, I just start driving the old way because I'm just like good at hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing about that's a habit, right? Your habit is to drive a certain way. So all of our habits and our beliefs and our really long held things are stored in our subconscious mind. So hypnosis is a way to break through your conscious mind and get to your subconscious mind. And then you can start adding or taking things out that you don't want. And that's really how we use it for birth. It's like, yes, a, let's talk about that. Yeah. So like, like, what do we normally think of when we think of birth in our society? Oh, I mean, yeah, in general, I, 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 again, I ask my students this every first class of a series and it's 
always, you know, society tells us that we need to kind of give over our control to uh, a medical provider, that birth is going to always be, you know, messy, loud, um, painful, painful, long, you know, those yeah. are all the words that I often get students um, to, to, to give me as part of that exercise in week one. Um, so yeah, it's, we don't see, unfortunately, in our society in general, represented in the media or entertainment or what have you, we just don't see birth that is physiologically normal. We see a lot right. of the scary stuff because it sells. That's what sells. For sure. Yeah. Our society loves to do, we like to one-up each other's horror stories. Oh, totally. Which those stories have valid. I don't think that someone who has a, a traumatic birth, it shouldn't be allowed to share their story. Mm -hmm. But I think I remember feeling really ashamed to share my positive stories mm. because I didn't want to make anyone feel bad. Yep. And so yep. there's, it's just, it's kind of this weird, it's weird for both sides. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's stories are valid, but how do we allow people to like live in their truth without having it affect us? Right. Right. No, that's a good know. question. And you know, that talking about, I know that, um, some hypnosis programs for birth talk about kind of forming a bubble around yourself yeah, and, yeah. and I always say, you know, it's okay when you're pregnant, especially, in fact, it should be expected that you are selfish, but not in a bad way. Yeah. A, yeah hey, no, this is I get what my, yeah. So selfish in a good way. This is, these are the, you know, nine or so months where during this time, I am going to be educated and supported and I'm going to be really careful about where I get my messaging about birth. Because like you said, trauma needs to be um, talked about and explored and it's something that needs to have a lot of light shown on it. But I always tell my students for these, you know, nine months or however long they have left when they get to class, this is your time and yeah. you get to decide who do you talk to? What social media rabbit holes do you go down? Um, you know, social back when media. I first started teaching, social media was around, but not like it is now. I remember so, yeah. the shift. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So it, was, it used to be, don't watch that movie. Don't read that book. Yep. Uh, and now it's like, don't go down the rabbit hole in certain groups. You know? Yeah. So. Or like just unfollow that group until yeah. you're no longer pregnant. Exactly. Or, yeah. And, or unfollow those Instagram accounts. Yeah. I feel like you have to kind of curate. This is actually, this is a really good, this is good for, even if you're not like for any, for life. Yeah. You should curate what we're consuming Yeah, because we are, would you say, I I'm assuming, but would you say when we're consuming social media, we're in an altered state of consciousness? Somewhat? Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's why it's so powerful. That's why advertisers right okay. ads on tv they know they know they, they study psychology i mean i used yeah. to work in advertising we look at how people <laughs> right how people work and what turns them on or off yeah and the fact that they're in a light to medium state of hypnosis when they're watching the show absolutely that's yes yep so number one that. whether you're using a hypnosis program for childbirth or not mm -hmm. you are using hypnosis either for good or bad yeah for preparing for your birth yeah. Right. You, yep. Exactly. So you might as well. I always say like, I always joke I'm lazy, but it's more like, I just like to be efficient. I don't have time. <laughs> and, and I became, I kind of came, became obsessed with making the birth process easier for myself. Mm -hmm. And in turn, then I'm like, you know, I'm going to share this with others. But I thought 
preparing, I always say like, there's three things we need to do. Like we need to prepare our bodies. And that's what I've chosen to like focus more closely on. We need Mm -hmm. to prepare our minds. What you seem to be like, that's your like area that you have taken on that people need to find someone for. Mm -hmm. And then we need a good team, right? right? We need like the right support. Right. And we can't just like pick, you could have an amazing, you know, your body's all ready, but if you're so your mind isn't ready Mm -hmm. or, you know, vice versa. So I don't know. I just think it's so important. And it's kind of, I mean, again, like this is like you work with people and having them try to literally like realign their body. And I'm working with people who are needing to realign their mind. And I always talk about how the mind is basically like a computer and every once in a while, just like with your smartphone or your laptop or whatever, you need to update the programming. Right. Right. So that's That's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do in class. We update things and we try to get rid of those old bugs in the program, right. That we don't want anymore. So yeah. To use an analogy like that. Yeah. That's so good. Yes. I remember using that computer analogy as well, because we get computers, but we don't think of our, we don't think about what we're consuming and putting into our own brains. Yeah. And like you you said, it's, these are life lessons. These are life skills. And this is why partners who aren't pregnant in my class often walk away feeling like, Whoa, I really, I really got a benefit out of that too. I mean, it's like a hypnosis class for almost anybody is just focused on birth. So it builds confidence, not only of the birthing person, but their non-pregnant partner um, as well at the same Amazing. time. Amazing. I love that. You know, I always, I think hypno learning all of those strategies has really helped change and shape my life because I realized I can use the power of my brain for birth. Like, why am I not doing this for everything else in my life? Like, why do we you know, I'm a pessimist by nature. I don't think people even realize that about me. And I love to talk negatively about myself and I've learned like, well, why could I do that so well and focus on it for birth? Why can't I do that for the rest of my life? Right. So it can be a very transformative experience and people Mm -hmm. are maybe open because they're worried about birth. They're open to it during pregnancy. Right. But why, I mean, we can use this for our life or even like, so we're talking birth professionals. A lot of birth professionals listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. How often do we, could we use the power of our minds to like believe in ourselves and believe in our business? And like, like, I don't know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's so, there's such a, I can see a lot of lack of confidence that can, could be improved by maybe training your mind differently. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, just learning how to take, you know, mental breaks and all those basic kind of one-on-one things that we learn when we're, you know, in college or whatever. Yeah. And then we never actually Uh do. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. I want to talk because I think that this comes up a lot as well. Mm -hmm. And I think birth professionals wonder about this as well. So can you quote unquote fail at hypnosis for childbirth? Maybe if you tell yourself over and over that you're going to fail. So it's another thing that you have control over, um, in terms of how willing you are to do some of the things we were just talking about, first of all, protect your mind, you know, and, and really, um, it does take practice. Even I still need to go back and practice things when I lose a skill related to hypnosis in some way. So it's, you know, it's definitely, um, it can feel like you fail, but I don't, I think that's often coming from 
what you're, the messages you're giving yourself, if any, if any childbirth education program or whatever type of program tells you that only this means success or only this means success, run as fast as you can. I agree. Uh, Yeah. yeah. There's not one, like if you felt pain, for example, Mm -hmm. is your hypnosis like, like people say like, this isn't working. I feel this contraction or this wave or this surge. Right. Well, that goes back to, to the, um, a couple, a couple things. First of all, I think the word pain doesn't always have to mean something negative. Yeah. So we're driven, that's driven into our minds once from the time we're little teeny tiny pain is bad. Well, sometimes pain is actually telling us something and it can be used to your benefit. I always try to think and encourage my, my students to think of how do we turn a negative or something that has that negative connotation into something you can use. So maybe the pain is a reminder you need to change positions. Maybe it's yeah. a, it's a, Hey, let's try a different hypnosis skill. Maybe it's just like, Hey, let's accept that's what I'm feeling, but it doesn't mean something is, is wrong. So yeah. there are, there are hypnosis programs or just, yeah, sure birth, birthy programs where it's like, that word success is used and you're, you're given a very strict method. And I, um, actually stepped away from teaching for a brand of hypnobirthing and created my own curriculum, uh, in large part, because there seemed mm-hmm. to be from that program, um, that focus on the word method and when yeah. the, no offense or no uh, offense, your body ready. Oh yeah. <laughs> <As> <laughs> I I'm don't care at, at that on my screen. Uh, no, but that when it comes to birth in particular, totally. No, I get it. I get yeah. It. it sets you up for failure. It sets you up to feel like you're failing if you don't quote unquote, follow that method. So, um, that was a big piece of why, again, I stepped away from a brand and teaching for them or teaching their curriculum and creating my, my own. So, yeah, it's super cool. And I, yeah, I think it's okay. So for me, I remember, so my first time ever using hypno, um, 2009 second baby, and it was a very fast, efficient birth (laughs) and I could feel sensations Mm -hmm. And very strong sensations, but Mm -hmm. nobody said, like, if someone had said, Lindsay, are you feeling pain? Mm -hmm. And I would have like consciously like thought about what I was feeling. I would have said, of course, yes, Mm -hmm. because it's a super strong sensation, but my brain didn't even think to interpret that sensation that way Mm -hmm. to me. I was like, this is really, is it Ina May? I think that said the midwife, um, this is a very strong sensation taking all of my attention. Yeah. And that's exactly how I will encourage people to think of it is exactly that. And that, that comes along with, you know, there are these laws of the mind. There's like 10 or 11 of them, but the two that really hold the most water when it comes to what I teach are called the law of um, attraction and the law of substitution. So the law of attraction is kind of, I mean, this is a, just a hypnosis thing. People have heard this before, but it's the, yeah how you talk about things changes, how you feel about them. And when you change how you feel about something, the way you experience it is completely different. So that's what you just, your example was. And so that is why, you know, with most hypnosis for birth programs, um, we do use just a little bit different language when we're talking about, um, things having to do with your birth experience. And that is because we're using that law of attraction and putting it to use to stop thinking about things in, in a negative way and think about them more 
positively, but also just more logically. So things like um, contraction, using a word like surge or wave or something like that instead, um, because contraction means squeezing down, right? Like in a, this, it almost to me just screams the word pain. Yeah. Um, whereas surging or riding a wave has for most people a more gentle um, sound. And so when you start, you can't just read that, you know, can't just read that list of new birthy words once you have to start working those things into your everyday life, just like you do with anything you want to kind of master. So this episode is brought to you by the body ready method, our game changing, interactive, fully online course for perinatal and birth professionals who want to elevate the way they serve their clients. We teach you how to help your clients prepare their bodies for a more functional pregnancy and efficient birth and teach you what to do when during birth through the lens of birth biomechanics. Gain confidence and new skills to support your clients. Sign up for the waitlist for our next cohort at bodyreadymethod.com. Yeah. I mean, I, I think of it as like, we're training our brain, just like we're training our body. So mm -hmm. you can't do bicep curls last November <laughs> and expect that your bicep still has any result from that. Like you have right. to train your body over yeah. a, a period of time. We have to do the same with our brain, mm -hmm. right? Our brain. I feel like our brains are lazy in the same way. They just want to go back to yeah. the way they've always been thinking about well, and I think that's, you know, that's another something it's a, it's a tight, um, line we need to walk because oftentimes I think people say, but I, you know, I did all that. I, I changed my language. I listened yeah. to my recordings. I practiced and I still had a birth that went the way I didn't expect it to. And when you take the word like method and the, that pressure that comes sure. from that, like I do with my students, what I'm seeing instead for feedback, for those who have a birth that goes a different direction than they planned, they're still saying to me, in fact, I hear, believe it or not, I hear most birth stories from students who either had, you know, um, needed to use a tool in labor they weren't hoping or wanting to use or had a cesarean birth. And they're always telling me, yes, it didn't go the way I had hoped or planned or whatever, yeah. but I felt good about that decision. I felt relaxed as much as I could throughout whatever that inter intervention was. And I'm really still glad that I had those hypnosis skills. Um, so that to me is, uh, I mean, to me, that's success, right? Right. Is that no matter what, whatever turn your birthing takes, that's the kind of the saying, um, you feel at peace and you can ride that, that wave or that change. Yeah, that is so important. It's not about the outcome. It's about having the ability to remain calm, not mm -hmm. calm. I mean, it's okay if I think it's okay to be like, you know what? I lost it for a little bit. Yeah, I lost it. That's why, you know, and that's another let's throwing that that makes me think about like hypno doulas, like how mm -hmm. helpful because we can't doula ourselves, you know, even I'm a doula myself. And I had like three doulas that I invited to my last birth because mm -hmm. we need, so how can a birth professional or even like a, let's say like the midwife or the doctor or nurse, mm -hmm. like how can, how can we support people regardless of what's going on at their birth? Or let's say they're losing it mm -hmm. and they were doing hypno. How do we support people with this type of birth? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a really, that's a really good question. A lot of that comes with, you know, knowledge and experience and being open to learning. Um, one thing that is helpful uh, and I encourage students to do is speak with their provider prenatally, talk to them about, hey, these are some of the words I'd rather you don't use during my birth. Here are some really basic ways to help you know, get me back um, kind of on track after you know some time where you feel off track. And yeah. I mean, really it's, it is, um, it's hard. It's hard to get a, a foot in and really get, you know, formal training on hypnosis for birth with, you know, nurses or doctors, it's not impossible. And I actually have done those trainings in the past and probably will in the future. Um, but it's, it's being open to it. It's listening well to that, that person and that family reading through their birth, uh, preferences as I call them ahead of time and really, um, it takes, I don't know how to say it. It takes a real conscious effort by that person to bite their tongue when they might use a language that the person would rather they not. And nobody's perfect. No nurse or doctor or midwife has to be perfect. I would just say that willing to um, learn just enough about that hypnosis family to know a, a few things that would either improve their birth experience, or like you said, kind of help them get back on track. And yeah, I mean, I have had hypnosis uh, families as a doula where there are there are those moments of I can't do this anymore and there are those moments of disappointment and there are those moments of um, just uncertainty and yes you can still feel at the out or at the end that even with those waves of emotions and even with those doubting moments that your birth was something you actually can look back on and feel hey I, I did that no matter yeah. what the outcome yeah, is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just find sometimes you'll get, I've done, I've, I've supported a lot of hypnosis births mm-hmm. and I find that, I don't know, some providers are all for it mm-hmm. and some are just like, okay. Well, and that right. goes back to the question of, you know, are you well aligned yes. with your provider? Right. So again, this is, you know, um, people sometimes have a a misconception about hypnosis for birth or hypnobirthing. um, And they think that it's only for people who are birthing outside of the hospital, or it's only for people who are birthing with a midwife. And it's like, no, that that's not true. Actually, in fact, many of my students are in hospital with an OB or midwife. But um, there's just that message that we start, I'd start kind of drilling into them from week one, which is, again, you have to, you have to be with a provider and using a location for your birth that is aligned with your goals. And we talk a a lot about informed decision-making and we talk a lot about, um, how to just how to how to navigate that and that's amazing yeah that's so and that important. god we're you know we're in the twin cities at least you know in in my case and yeah. we have so many options yeah it's we're usually really just, lucky yeah and it's usually just building that little extra confidence that maybe they get for in class maybe they just kind of find on their own but to say you know what this just isn't the right place for me but you're not going to have a a um you're not going to have your own ideal birth experience. If you're trying to shove a round peg into a square hole or square peg into a round hole, you know what I mean? It's so true. And you know, I find that it it's, it's a really good skill to develop as a parent anyway, Mm -hmm. because 
you're going to have people that have opinions on everything you do with your kids for the rest of your life. Yeah. I feel like I have a, we, have, we, we both have teenagers. I'm sure there's still people judging how I'm doing things. You know, it's like, yeah. what school are they going to? What are you feeding them? How much screen time are they getting? Right. And you're like, you know what? This is what I'm doing for my birth. And y'all can like, leave us alone. Like, let me be like, we're building, you're building your new family that like, right. I don't care what your opinion is, right. however well atten- intentioned. And that might work well for like, for you or me, because I think we met, we are both fairly confident in speaking about sure, our, yeah, our absolutely. wishes, it's right. Skill. But in Minnesota in general, oh, it's like, Oh no, you're fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't say that when you're really unhappy about something, especially something that could have this literal lifelong effect on you, right. your baby, your partner. So, yeah. So I do talk about, again, it's like in first thing in the week, one of in week, one of my classes is let's talk about how do you respond if somebody's telling you a story about a birth that you don't want to hear? How do you respond when your provider is telling you something that doesn't align? So we have to yes. build up Minnesota. our ability. Yeah. Cause we're like, Oh, Minnesota nice. You know, it's no, it's no big deal, but I'm like, no, you guys are consumers. You get to choose, you get to go yeah. to the next place. Um, but I know it's not easy and it's easier for me to say, but yeah, it, yeah. it's just, a, it's just like a developing a muscle. You just yeah. have to work on your advocacy for yourself skills and it will come into Mm-hmm. you know, you're going to, if your kid is ever in the hospital or you have a parent in the hospital, I know mm-hmm. you and I have both experienced that you need yep. to learn how to advocate for the people you love and yep. yourself. So, I think and I it- also encourage people to, you know, if they can't do that, like in the moment to feel very free after the experience, be it a birth or a death to go back to that place of that place of that occurrence and talk Mm -hmm. to the providers that worked with you or your loved one and express to them, Hey, this is what happened. And I couldn't speak up for myself in the moment, but part of my healing is to say, you guys failed me in this way, or this, this was not okay. Um, but again, that takes strength and is something that we have to, yeah, have to really flex that muscle. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard, but I agree. Cause that's how stuff changes, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you leave a provider because they don't support something, let their team know. I mean, I know again, yeah. Minnesota, nice, but not but always not, email. Email is a little yeah, easier, right? There you go. Email text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah exactly. Like we're all, I know now that texting is a thing when I was, when I started dueling, I bet you were the same, just as a side note, but it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I, I never texting. Wasn't really a thing yet. I'm really dating myself, but <laughs> texting wasn't a thing. And then, you know, I started getting clients texting me yeah. and I still had that T9, you know, you like push one, like five <laughs> times and be like, Hey, Oh my gosh. B yeah. And, and then I felt so cool when I got one of those phones that you could slide and it had like a keyboard. Do you remember mm-hmm. those? Like the yep. blackberries. Yep. So I was like, I have to get this business expense. Like people are texting me. I need to be able to respond. Yeah. Now I feel like, like if someone calls me, I'm like, who's what? dead. Like, yeah, <laughs> like text me or a voicemail. I'm like, oh, yeah, a voicemail. Like, just right. that's true. <laughs> so, anyway, so, um, okay. So, what do you want? Like, what do you want doulas to know about hypno? Because mm. I find that there is a large range of doulas. I remember, yeah. um, my sister was interviewing doulas. She was taking my hypno program and she was interviewing doulas and she found 
a large variety from those who are like, oh, I love hypno to those who are like, well, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like those, that, that sometimes works a little bit, but usually you lose it by the end. Like right. what, what do you want doulas to know about hypno? I mean, I think it's important to know, I mean, a lot of the things we've already talked about that yeah. it's a natural state of mind that you don't have to use a certain method necessarily, all those things. Um, I would say to know that, Hmm. It does like, look- here, like the thing I want to know about is like, like how can they derail? Like, I find that mm. sometimes if a doula isn't sure, maybe they can encourage it to not right. go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good, that's a really good point. So you do have, there is a certain amount of buy-in that you have to have as a doula, or you shouldn't be working with people who are yeah. using hypnosis. Yeah. So yeah. And that can come from even just, there are many actually books about hypnosis for birth. You could pick up a a book and read it. You could sit down and this is actually really important talking through at prenatal visits with your Mm, clients, you know, yeah. What are their favorite tools? What is the language they want to use? And the cool thing is, is that just knowing those couple things, when you go into their birth, first, you feel more confident yourself, but also you can be kind of that model for other folks who are in the room like they learn by osmosis I call it with what you're kind of putting out in the room yourself so and also just to know I think that you know the word hypno has all of these myths and connotations um, that come with it so like I said just knowing the truth of it knowing that it's a real natural state of mind and most people you know 90 some percent of the population in general aside from young kids and folks who have very serious mental illness like schizophrenia everybody besides those populations can technically be hypnotized but you have to be willing. So just like the person who's being, who's giving birth, who is using hypnosis, they still have to be willing to go through that. And as a doula, you need to be willing to take that yeah. ride with them, or you're just, you're in the wrong place. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. And that osmosis thing, I love <laughs> how you said that. And I find that to be so true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember I was dueling for my cousin and she was one of those who was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I was like, so we're good friends. We're good friends. I, I was like, so what, what do you want for your birth? Like, what's your plan? She's like, I don't know. I'll just like show up, whatever. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, no, you should like, think about it. I was like, and this was many years ago, but I think that baby's in first grade now, mm-hmm. but, um, he, you know, they ended up taking my class, hiring me to be their doula. And the funny thing is it worked amazingly she was not the first person I thought would go for like a natural birth Mm -hmm. and she I took video she rocked it and and the thing was I you know I was doing the hypno tools and helping her and doing Mm -hmm. all the hypno things and she had this calm beautiful natural birth at a hospital not commonly known for natural birth and isn't wasn't at that time super great at supporting it yeah Um, however she had this great experience so then she has her second birth and she's you know, she's told me this and it's cool to share in her second birth. Um, she was like, I I'm going to save some money. We're not going to hire Lindsay and we're going to, um, you know, I, I did the hypno mm-hmm. thing. It was easy. I'll be fine. Like mm-hmm. that birth wasn't hard. And she yeah. said everyone in the room, like the first time she remember her friend who was there with me, she remembered that friend, like, um, being really supportive and helpful. And then this time she was like, she had no, th- no idea what to do. She was on her phone. Mm. Like she said, it was so painful. I got an epidural episiotomy, mm. like all the things. Mm. 
And um, she was like, holy crap, Lindsay, what were you, what did you do with that first birth? And I was mm. like, I didn't really do much. I mean, yeah. I just like was the emotional, maybe regulator of the room. Right. So I think that doulas should realize how much when they think they're not doing anything, mm-hmm. how much power they have in just being there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. As long as you're not bringing negative vibes, you know, you're neutral to really positive somewhere yeah. in that range, you're going to be good. Cause like you said, I mean, most of our job as doulas is really kind of bearing witness to what people are doing and helping them kind of, um, find ways to continue having their best birth that they can. So um, question along with that. So, um, and then we'll, and then we'll wrap up final parting thoughts, but I <laughs> want to know, um, if you're working with a hypnobirthing, hypnobabies, hypno, whatever client, mm-hmm. and like you're they're they're using their tools, they're doing great. And then all of a sudden they just freak out, like mm. for whatever reason, maybe there's a new intervention or maybe they got checked in there. They've been six centimeters for 10 hours or mm. whatever. There's a million re- like possibilities or scenarios, yeah. but like, what do you find and obviously it's going to change based on the person, but what are some really like go, what are your go-to tricks to help someone kind of get back on track or yeah. chill out? Yeah. Well, going back, um, to even before the birth, um, getting educated about all the, the options, um, yeah. and which is something I do do do. I do do in my classes, which is another thing I added that wasn't a part of the program I used to teach or not to the degree I wanted for my students. So talking about those things, but then yeah, in the moment, um, it's not dissimilar to what other doulas might do, but students in, uh, in most programs will have a couple like anchor type uh, tools, you know, a certain touch or a certain mm. keyword or something like that. So knowing those things ahead of time and also encouraging while they're still pregnant, encouraging your client or clients to practice that language, practice those tools so that when you try to use it with them in, you it know, works. during their life, yeah, they yeah. actually can lean. So it's a lot of leaning into those tools, um, uh, in more, you know, conscious ways or more, um, yeah, purposeful ways. And I would also say that for my curriculum, it's not, it's very straightforward. And the tools that I teach are to be used surge after surge after surge. Mm -hmm. They don't change based on early labor, active labor, blah, blah, blah. Some of the breathing ideas might change, but otherwise they're doing the same thing, surge after surge after surge. So it can be just a matter of kind of you know, again, using a certain type of touch or word, uh, we all, you know, most doulas know about like pressing on the shoulders or getting them to relax and then leaning into those tools. So it might mean you need to be a little more vocal in your support for a while. It might mean you need to, you know, get the partner kind of back engaged if they have happened to not be, um, and support. I mean, supporting the partner is a huge part of a doula role regardless. And with hypnosis, again, it's, knowing what you both are there for and what tools the the birthing person wants you to use. It's not that you have to use every single tool for my class. You have to use every single thing you learn, but you have this toolbox of things and you've practiced it enough that you can just reach there and it should be there for you. And sometimes it's, it's okay if it takes longer to get back on track um, than just instant. Yeah. 
-hmm. It's so good. I mean, I think we all need to practice down-regulating our nervous system and relaxing anyway. Like when you have a stressful event or a stressful thing that happens, how do we allow ourselves to like come down from that? Not Mm -hmm. just, you know, like stay in this hyper alert state. And this is doulas too, like people Mm -hmm. or midwives or doctors, like we get in this like fight or flight type upregulation during birth. And we also need to learn how to chill. There's the, there's your next program. You need to create like a (laughs) hypnosis for birth workers. Oh, totally. How to like, like be chill chill and like, yeah, go back to your life after a difficult birth. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. (laughs) I feel like we could talk hypno forever. I love hypno. I think it's just such an amazing tool. You know, everyone asks, asks me when I say like my three-step process is like body, prepare your body, prepare your mind, get your team. Mm -hmm. Um, they're always like, what do you do for your mind? And I, and what I did myself with was hypnosis. So I, Mm -hmm. I don't think that everyone has to do that, but I think that it's a very legit thing to do. And why not to say, um, a little bit about, you know, your mind and your body aren't in like different silos. They are so, yeah, they're so closely connected, the mind body connection. And that's again, something we drive home in class. And we talk about examples of that, you know, when you're nervous, you get sweaty. Well, that's something that's happening in your mind, but your body is showing a reaction to that. So the two preparing both it's, they, they they have to go together. Yeah. They they have to, you know, and you're so as muscle, so your psoas muscle mm. literally grows out of your central nervous system. Mm-hmm. So when we, and, and it, we needed to like in the past. So I, when I, when I used to teach, I would always say like, we're not actually running from saber tooth tigers anymore. I don't know if we ever did, right. but like our ancestors needed the ability to stop the process of birth mm-hmm. in order to, and animals. Like if I'm running from a predator I need to be able to stop this process, get mm-hmm. somewhere safe and then like start it again. Right. So now we don't, we're not actually running, running from tigers while we're giving birth, <laughs> but there's all these tigers in our brains. Right. And there's all these, uh, there's just a lot of stuff beeping yeah. loud noises, intake forms, you know? Right. And so it's really easy to get off track, but you know, I find when I was able to use the hypnosis, I could kind of tune everything else out. Yeah. Inward. Well, and that, um, is what uh, this reminds me of what I was going to say, which is that folks should also know and understand that hypnosis does not mean you are sitting completely still or you're lying down. You're not, you're not, um, out of it. You're not, uh, in, in fact, I mean, you're a lot of people say I felt so much more like focused and in control than hypnosis. Like the word hypnosis makes you think you would be right. So I teach eyes open hypnosis. And so people know that you can move around, you can walk around, you can even answer some questions people might have for you. But like you said, you're kind of able to also tune out the noise and the stuff that isn't important or, or helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good clarification. Yeah. You're very mm. active right. and with it, just not act like I, I, I have the tendency to really focus on my pain and comp- I'm a complainer. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So thank God I had this because otherwise I would be bitching and moaning probably my entire birth because <laughs> it's a big process, but instead it I is. had these tools to be able to chill. Yeah. And so, you have something and- to 
yeah, to something back to focus on. on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's such so great. So tell me, first of all, where can people connect with you virtually or in yeah. in person? Yeah. So right now, um, I am teaching all of my classes virtually and I have found Sweet. that that works surprisingly well, or maybe it's not, it shouldn't maybe be surprising, but the, the cool thing is, is that given COVID and all that, um, I realized that having people be able to be in their own space and their, the place Ooh, they're yeah. going to practice from here on out. Right. Instead of coming to somebody else's space, they're in their own. So they're comfortable. I mean, they're, they're Ooh, lying on their own yeah. beds if they want to. Um, and I can reach people from, you know, farther out in outstate Minnesota. I've actually had a couple of folks from different States, uh, come cool. in. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're okay with people. Like if someone's listening to this mm-hmm. and they live in Florida, Right. They could take your class if they wanted. In fact, I just had a Floridian. Yeah. So, um, for the foreseeable future, I will be virtual, um, in part just because of the ups and downs of COVID, but also, like I said, it has seemed to really work quite well for folks. They're not rushing to get to class. They can eat at, you know, home, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, my, the best way to always find out about class or anything else that that Flutter, Flutterby does is the website, which is flutterbybirth.com. And then okay. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. The um, handle is always Flutter by Birth for that. I suppose Twitter too. Yeah, um, we'll put it, we'll put it in the show notes. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sweet. So everyone check out Aaron's work. This is so fun, Aaron. I'm glad we finally made this happen. <laughs> Me too. Thank I think you. we've been planning since like the start of COVID to do this. So. Right. I know stuff just gets crazy. And then we, I took a big break and now we're, we're starting up season two. So we, yeah. I look forward to um, connecting further. If anyone wants to reach out to Aaron, we will have all that information for you. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you for listening to Pros Talk Pregnancy, the podcast. We are passionate about making the childbearing years better. And as professionals, when we work together, that is when we see the greatest shifts. So thank you for being here with us. Please consider leaving us a rating and a review. This really helps us to get this important paradigm shifting information out there to those who need it. Also, if you are a game changing perinatal or birth professional, or you know someone who is and would be interested in coming on the podcast, we wanna hear from you please reach out at podcast at bodyreadymethod.com. As always, I am so honored to be here with you. See you next time.